G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The devil knows his time is short and his judgment is going to come and he wants to wreak as much havoc as he can in the interim. He's upping his game. And folks, it's time for us to up our game too. Now is not the time to stand on the sidelines. Coming up today, Pastor Greg Laurie urges believers to recognize what's going on and to reach out with the gospel. Share Jesus with people because when lives change, culture changes. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. If your neighbor's home catches fire, that's not the time to just mind your own business or the time to wait until you're in the mood to do something. People's lives are at stake and they need to be saved. Well, in a similar way, today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out how God's end times calendar is counting down. People's eternal lives are at stake and they need to be saved. And we'll get a glimpse of the spiritual realm today to help energize and inform our actions. Today we're going to look at Revelation chapter 12. So grab your Bible and turn there with me if you would. Revelation 12, I'm going to read verses 7 to 12. And war broke out in heaven. Michael, that would be Michael the archangel, and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. The great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil. And Satan who deceives the whole world was cast to the earth and his angels are cast out with him. Verse 10, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren, underline that statement, the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And don't miss this, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you that dwell in them, and the inhabitants of the earth and sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath, and he knows he has a short time. Now in these verses we learn a lot about our adversary, the devil. He knows that time is short. He knows that he's going to ultimately be defeated. He's read the Bible too. And we see so many demonic things happening in our culture right now. I think you have to acknowledge the demonic factor that people don't talk about. When you have these mass shootings, that's demonic. The drug epidemic that is just out of control. You have people on streets of major cities in America that look like they're zombies. It's like a zombie apocalypse. The rise of fentanyl, the, the depression, 
and suicidal ideation of young people today. I think the only explanation for this kind of activity is this is devilish. The devil knows his time is short. He knows it's the last days. We know it's the last days and we're looking forward to the return of Christ but he knows it's the last days, his last days and his judgment is going to come and he wants to wreak as much havoc as he can in the interim. He's upping his game and folks, it's time for us to up our game too, okay? And the most powerful offensive weapons we have in our arsenal are prayer and the proclamation of the gospel. We gotta focus on that. Here's the best thing that we can do is give the gospel to people. Share Jesus with people because when lives change, culture changes. And so as people come to faith and their worldview changes, I know it happened for me. I know it happened for you as well. Then it affects our nation as a whole because the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. But here's what we need to remember. We win in the end and Satan loses and he knows it. Now let's, in closing, talk about how we can overcome the devil. The devil does not want you to know what I'm about to tell you. So wake up, <laughs> pay attention. The devil does not want you to know that one of his primary ways of defeating Christians is through accusation. Accusation, We're, he's called the accuser of the brethren. We already read that together. Uh, Paul wrote, we're not ignorant of the devices of the devil in 2 Corinthians 2.11. Victor Hugo, the author of the well-known book Les Miserables, made this statement and I quote, a good general must penetrate the brain of his enemy, end quote. So it's good for us to understand the tactics of our adversary, the devil. He attacks us through accusation, verse 10 of Revelation 12, the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast out. So here's how it works. Satan tempts you. By the way, it's not a sin to be tempted. Did you know that? Because sometimes you're just minding your own business. Maybe you're sitting in church. Maybe you're reading your Bible. Maybe you're singing a praise song. Maybe you're praying. And all of a sudden, this wicked, twisted, impure thought comes into your mind. And then the devil comes in and says, how could you think something like that? You haven't done anything wrong. You see, it's only if you take that wicked, impure thought, whatever it may be, and bring it inside again. It's been said you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from building a nest in your hair. Now in my case, he better bring his own materials because <laughs> there's not much to work with. So I can't stop that impure thought from knocking on the door of my imagination. That thought of anger, that thought of jealousy, that thought of lust, that thought of whatever that thought is. I can't stop that thought from coming, but I can say I recognize where this comes from and I say, get behind me, Satan. I heard a story about a woman that said to her husband, I'm gonna go down to the mall and shop. He says, no, you aren't, because every time you go, you spend way too much money. She says, no, I won't buy anything. I'll just browse. He says, okay, promise you won't buy anything. She says, I won't. So she's walking around at the mall, and, and she comes home with a brand new dress. 
says, I asked you not to buy anything. We can't afford it. She goes, but I have to tell you what happened. He says, what happened? She says, well, I went into the store and I, I saw this beautiful dress and, and so I tried it on. And while I was trying it on, Satan himself appeared. <laughs> he says, he did? What did he say? He said, that dress looks good on you. And he says, you should have said, get behind me, Satan. She said, I did. I said, get behind me, Satan. And then the devil said, looks good from the back, too. So, <laughs> dumb joke. But, um, but that's what we say. I recognize where this is coming from. Get behind me, Satan. Go away from me. It's not the bait that constitutes sin. It's the bite. So here's how the devil works. He whispers in your ear, go ahead and do it. No one will ever know. I won't tell anyone if you won't. So you take the bite, you take the bait, you do the wrong thing, and then he comes and he condemns you. The accuser of the brethren. So that's what he does. No, that's his tactic. He tempts you and he condemns you for giving in to his temptation. Bringing me to my next point, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. So here's what happens. I get tempted, I give in to the temptation, the devil condemns me. He says, don't even show your ugly face in church on Sunday. Don't even think about reading their, your Bible. That would be hypocritical to read your Bible after you just had that thought or after you just did that thing. Don't even consider praying, no. He's a liar and he's the father of lies and I overcome him by the blood of the lamb. Right? The devil says, you're not worthy to approach God. My answer is, you're right, I'm not worthy. Never was worthy, never will be worthy. But I don't approach God through my worthiness. I approach him through the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for me. And he hates that message and he doesn't want you to know it. <laughs> they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. The word of their testimony. When a believer is walking with God, they will want to tell others. And that is why evangelism and telling our personal story is so important. Because listen, as I was saying earlier, our objective as Christians is not just to hold ground. It's to gain ground. It's to advance spiritually. Think about the spiritual armor that we're told to wear as Christians described for us in Ephesians chapter six. We have the helmet of salvation, protecting our mind. We have the breastplate of righteousness. We have the shield of faith. But it's interesting because it says we have our feet shod with a preparation of the gospel of peace. That's King James, which means your footwear, your boots or sandals with cleats in them, worn by the Roman soldier, would be used to gain ground, to move forward, to march forward. What is that? The gospel. And what is the one offensive weapon we have in our arsenal? It's a sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's the Word of God. You know, you don't fight your enemy with your shield. You use your sword. That's what a sword is for. The Word of God, there's power in the word of God, and they overcame him by their testimony. You have a testimony. Your testimony is simply your story of what Christ has done for you. And one of the best ways to start an evangelistic conversation is start by telling your story. You know, they can argue with your facts or your theological statements all day long, but they can't argue with your story. 
You're an expert on you. And what is your story? What is my story? What is our story? It's all the same. It's effectively the same testimony that that man who was healed of blindness had. He said, look, all I can tell you is this. Once I was blind, but now I see. Maybe we had different sins we were trapped by, but whatever they were, the answer was the same. Christ changed us. Start by telling your story. You overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb, by the word of your testimony, and finally, they did not love their lives until the death. This means that they knew that their lives belonged to God. The Bible says in Psalm 31, 15, our times are in his hands. God is in control. Stop worrying about how long you will live. It's up to God. Stop being obsessed with it, and some are. Instead, focus your energy on this. Live a life that honors and glorifies God, right? So if this is your last day, glorify Him with this day. If He gives you 10 more days or 10 more years or decades more, whatever that is, that's in the hands of the Lord. We wanna be sure that we live our lives well and we wanna be sure that we finish our lives well. And hear the Lord say to us in that final day, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. So maybe you've joined us, and most of you have. <laughs> and you're saying, I, I don't have a relationship with God. In fact, all this talk about demons has kind of freaked me out a little bit. And let me just be very blunt with you. You have no way to defend yourself against demon powers. They're real. They're strong. You say, well, you know, I'll, I'll just uh, pull out some holy water. There is no such thing as holy water. Well, I'll just wear garlic around my neck. Well, that'll keep your friends away, but it won't keep the devil away. <laughs> I'll pull out a crucifix. Satan could care less about a crucifix. See, here's the point. The only defense against Satan is Christ living in your life. Then you don't have to be afraid of him. Because the Bible says, greater is he that is in us, speaking of Jesus, than he that is in the world, speaking of the devil. And I ask you, do you have Jesus living in you? He's ready to forgive you of all of your sin, no matter what you've done. You can have a fresh start. You can have a new beginning. Imagine it for a moment. But you must say to God, I know I'm a sinner. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross for you. Say, what do you mean I know I'm a sinner? Every one of us have sinned. Sin is breaking the commandments of God and it's falling short of his standards as well. So granted, some people may sin more than others, but every one of us have sinned in some way, shape, or form more times than you can count. And the Bible says if you offend in one point of the law, you're guilty of all of it. So every one of us have sinned. But the good news is why we were yet sinners, the Bible says, Christ died for us. Jesus said, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Satan hates you. God loves you. Satan wants to destroy you. God wants to restore you. Satan wants you to go to hell with him. God wants you to go to heaven for all eternity. It's your choice. You decide in this life where you will spend the afterlife. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life and forgive you of your sin, you can do it right here, right now, as we close in prayer. Let's all bow our heads and pray. Father, 
I pray that your Holy Spirit will speak to every person that is here. And while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, maybe there's somebody here that would say, I need Jesus Christ right now. I need His forgiveness. I don't have this confidence that I'll go to heaven one day. I'm not sure that my sin is forgiven. I want Jesus to come into my life and forgive me of my sin. If you want Christ to forgive you, if you want to know that when you die you will go to heaven, if you want to find the meaning and purpose of life, if you want a fresh start in life, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Just pray these words. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for me and rose again from the dead. I'm sorry for my sin. I repent and turn from my sin. I ask you to come into my life as my Savior and Lord, as my God and friend from this moment forward. Thank you for hearing this prayer and answering this prayer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer with those making a change in their relationship with the Lord today. And if you've just prayed with Pastor Greg and made a decision for Christ, well, we'd love to send you some helpful resources to help you begin your new life of faith on the right foot. It's called the New Believers Growth Packet. Just ask for it when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg begins the final message in his new series called Timeless. We'll discover the joy of sharing our faith. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Angels and Demons. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.